All right. All right. So here, here is what I started doing. So we, I've used Libsyn since maybe 2006, back when I did the Drunk and Retired podcast. Uh, and, and I was paying $20 a month for Libsyn, out of pocket, right? I, 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 don't, I don't wear skirts and dresses, so I have pockets, paying no. out of pocket. Although, you know, I've noticed there's a lot of skirts and dresses nowadays that have pockets, which I welcome that change. People, people need to take on full responsibility and carry their own damn car keys and phones. That's what I say. Anyways, $20 a month for Libsyn. Libsyn, solid, right? Like it's it's just like it's like the the Windows NT of podcasting. It just like will run, never goes down. It's great. Uh, it's got good metrics, and of course, it has years and years of metrics that I've had in there, right? Now the the UI for Libsyn not so solid, but I I, I did this trick where I would host, host multiple podcasts out of Libsyn for just ten to twenty dollars a month because it actually has different category feeds for RSS feeds. So you just set the category ah, and you can run multiple podcasts out of there, right? Which is a bit of a hack. I was always afraid they were going to discover that and take it away. So, mm-hmm. so I was working on the Pivotal podcast, Pivotal Conversations. Everyone should check that out. Uh, it needs a lot more listeners. And uh, uh, one of the social media people was like, you should use SoundCloud because they've got better media embeds, which is true. And SoundCloud a long time ago, or a, a short while ago, was shitty for podcasts because there was no RSS feed and it was really weird. But now it's totally fine for podcasts. And it only costs $100 a year. So that's a lot less than $20 a month, right? And then there's also a situation of like, what's Libsyn done for me recently except change that funny little icon when you log in? So, uh, you know, I was putting new stuff in there and I had to figure out a way to set up like a hidden WordPress thing to get the different feed. It's just like, it's a little like, it's still like a big ornate hack, but I don't know. I think the end result is, uh, is I like, I like the SoundCloud better and, and, uh, it's, it's cheaper. And so, so I think, I think sometime at the end of September, they're just going to shut down my, my Libsyn account. Uh, so I should probably go download all the MP3s (laughs) from it. You probably should go get your stuff. Well, I like it. All right. Well, good. I mean, hopefully the listeners, the listening people, I don't know. We're getting statistics, so that's all that matters. Now we just need more people listening to it. Yeah. And, so. and I, I, so we, we actually transitioned the Pivotal podcast from Libsyn to SoundCloud, and somehow we, we lost – I think we lost like three, four hundred downloads. I don't know what happened. Oh, whoa. Yeah, we we can't good. afford that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't have that. But yeah, but, no but don't worry, but don't, us didn't lose any listeners as far as I can any downloads. Like we're still we're still at the one point two to one point five hundred. See? There's a joke right there. <laughs> one point five hundred, I like it. <laughs> Coincide to make notation on us. Oh yeah, one point five hundred. <laughs> You've got 1.2 times 1.5. That's like a graph you would create, like a chart for PowerPoint. Like, just don't look at the units. So, yeah, it's like 1.5 million. No, no. Tens of thousands? No, no. Yeah, 1,500. We're still looking at a good 1,500 downloads. Two zeros? Yeah, just two zeros. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Just like you wouldn't believe... The work I ha- the work I had to do to get uh, Excel to format that number correctly. Have you ever tried to format numbers in Excel? Not easy. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's get going. Uh, yes, Matt Ray's you know wide awake now. That's that's your warm up, Matt Ray, because you have six thirty. We expect you know. We Look, need to listen, keep- listen. That that is my best material. So no, no, we're done. We're, done. we're out, man. You were recording that, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> Well, the the good news is uh, I think daylight savings is rolling around for too long, and mm. things will get better. 
That'll little increase our savings. Well, then we uh, start recording at two thirty. Be perfect. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Of course. Well, it's it's fortunately not in a different time zone, but I'm up at uh, DevOps Days, Dallas, Fort Worth, or DFW in Grapevine, right next to the airport that so many of us can claim as a as a vacation home. Good place. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did a little one-minute vendor pitch today, and tomorrow I, I think I have the last talk, just my standard DevOps thing. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And I had, I had one person come up and say they listened to our show. I, I've, stopped, I've stopped asking people which podcast they listen to, and I just assume it's this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. All, all eggs I, in one basket. I've had three Australians offer to explain uh, rugby to me. Oh, oh! Did did uh, did any of them? Did you take them up on their offer? I've had some long conversations on Twitter about how silly rugby is. Mm. So it sounds like things are progressing well. <laughs> it's going, it's really keeping, going well. I'm keeping relations at an all time high. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to get appointed as ambassador when Trump wins. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> you're you're a natural fit. Hmm. What's up with that? Are you guys going to fix that? There's yeah. a lot of worried Australians over here. Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't have anything to report on that. That's that's, <laughs> that's a strange situation, Matt Ray. I don't know what's I don't know what's happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Something about Doctor Oz. I saw that. That's uh, <laughs> that's choice. <laughs> well, all right. I'm I'm almost out of cereal. We should start recording. What? <laughs> Well, speaking of speaking of, uh, of of inexplicable things, I you know I've forgotten about this until I read our finely curated show notes. Did you write all the show notes this week, as usual, Matt Ray? Um, yeah, this was two weeks of stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, let me ask that question, Brandon. Did you do any work for this show? Oh, very, minimal. very minimal. I think I put one thing in there, but that may have been from last week. All right. So I'd forgotten about this until until I saw. But there, there's rumors that someone's going to buy Twitter. That's exciting. Who's it? Who's it going to yeah, be? That, what 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 are they going to buy? Right, Is that going to work out? In, right, yeah, that was my one piece of uh, of work pre work I did was good, the Twitter. Yeah. So as long Gold as star. long time listeners of the show know, we've been calling for this. I believe, or at least I have. I don't know if you guys want to agree with that. But like, are, we? are we recording? Yeah. <laughs> I, we've been Welcome recording the show, Matt Ray. Matt, Matt Ray is, is down under his heart. It's I'm, hard to get I'm, still, I'm still eating breakfast. All right, um, let's go. Let's go, Matt. Let's bring your you gotta tell me when we're recording. Yeah. Um, right. But I was the recording button. That's what it is. <laughs> I was going to say that uh, longtime listeners know that we've. I think we've long been predicting that that Google is the natural home and steward of Twitter, right? They don't have the, uh, they don't, they missed out on the Facebook social thing. Twitter's never going to get as big as Facebook, but it's a real natural, uh, I think home for Twitter. So it's just, I think it's just one of those things They just have to agree on price, which is like easy to say, hard to do, but somebody at Google has an algorithm with a spreadsheet and like knows exactly the number that makes it, financially smart for google to buy it so i assume it'll just be you know one of those things that will take months but it will eventually happen and and isn't isn't that a business case that just purely it'll make its own because it'll run on like borg or, or quantum menace or 
whatever cloud Google runs now. They just move all that over there, and uh, and 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 they'll they'll bill will go down like fifty million dollars a month. Right? My guess is it's it's less cost reduction, although there'll be some of that. It's more just okay when we throw Twitter into the portfolio of things that can be sold, you know, along with you know to the major brands, along with AdWords. And, yeah, yeah. And it's it's just like okay, well, what's the incremental spend that we will get? And probably it's just about arguing, I think, within Google is just to make sure that when they add it, that they don't cannibalize like AdWords. Oh, now, you know. To make sure that they get the premium for this, it. And that's this, it. I think that's the whole deal. I mean, it's that simple. Listen, I, I had I had like four helpings of barbecue, so I'm a little off my my game here. I think that's right. This is, we need, what do they call it? Like a, uh, a hot shot? A stinger. We need one of those things, and the stinger is like synergies. <laughs> and, and And I think... Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point, Brandon. Even if you go back to your uh, your Michael Porter, Charles River MBA thing, it's basically like if you were to look at what Google has, they have a uh, they have a unique relationship with a, with a channel with with a uh, go to market. That is what you said, advertisers. And I bet if you if you just jam Twitter in there, they would buy a whole lot more of it just because it's convenient and easy. Now. You know, you can also go wrong with this kind of thinking. Like, I, I wasn't conscious of this. I was playing G.I. Joe's and probably eating my own boogers back then. But, like, I think I think Sears once bought a uh, life insurance company or something. And, and they were they were having a similar idea. But I think this one's a much better fit than uh, booger era <laughs> synergies. Twitter social media advertising is a lot closer to Sears and Roebuck offering life insurance in a catalog. I think that would have been like that one. That would not have been a good meeting. A good, that would have been a broad stretch. But I do – I mean I think a lot of it – I think this is why that it hasn't happened. It's just – you know, like anything in life, right? When it gets cheap enough, you will, you know, you, your risk tolerance goes up. So, yeah, yeah. you know, if they get it down to a point where, you know, it, they're not paying a big premium and they kind of know what Google, Twitter's making, and then it's probably pretty easy to 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 pay for itself. Yeah. It's just when you know you have to pay this big strategic multiple, right? You know, goodwill, whatever. And then you're then you're really on the hook well, to pay off big thing. And well, I don't think anybody wants that. Well, so so as not to make myself a hypocrite, like if we get to the uh, the HPE stuff, I'll complain about how shitty people cover deals. So let me try to do some unshitty coverage here, like if uh, just just spitballing it out, as my MBA friends never said. Uh, if you look at the market cap, what is it? Twelve point six seven billion. So what do you got? What do you do? You think it's like a four X multiple on that? Like, I mean, if you could just outright buy the shares, I guess, right? Like, I don't. Is that a hostile takeover? I don't know how this stuff works. Yeah, but, but I think they don't want to. I mean, sure, you could go in and right. do that, but, but that's, but, but, but that's it, not the way this will go. If, if sure. you if you look at a four four x multiple, you're talking like fifty billion dollars, right? And then right. and then so like let's say a three x multiple, that's thirty eight billion. Then you've got two, and that's twenty five billion, right? And then like, but they're never like Twitter's not going to be like I'm going to sell at a two x multiple, right? Like I mean, well, they, but I think it's just more looking at. I mean, typically, right, there'll be a premium on what it's currently trading at, which was typically around anywhere, I would say, from 20 to 50%. And all I right, think right. they probably 20%. are 20%. Yeah, so 20, again, like, it's not the multiple of the market cap here, right? This is just because, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, so we just want to look at, like, Google probably would start to lowball it and say, like, if I was negotiating a deal, you know, not, not to be my <laughs> 
would be you would start out with like listen you guys are just going to continue to lose market share i mean i would you would start with like a yahoo example listen yahoo thought it was worth more for microsoft and it continued to bleed cash and you know now it got sold for a fraction of what was offered by microsoft i think you'd make the same kind of arguments like you have a very good property here that's undervalued i'll give you a 10 percent you know um premium against what you want and if you don't like that, then I'll just wait a couple of years because I think you're gonna be, yeah. uh, you know, it's just gonna continue to go down. And I think that's pretty. And I think that's what, if you listen, if you read the show notes, read the article, that's what I think Ev Williams, right? Or at least that's what the reporter is saying. Ev Williams is telegraphing, like there is yeah. a measured response, like yes, other options are possible, versus because tor- normally the like the programmed response to anything from a, a chairman, board member is 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 just we are uh, only focused on our customers and we see uh, great things ahead for Twitter. You know what I mean? That's all you say. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, here he's his response was more like, "Well, that could happen, right?" And it's and that's sort of like that's uh, the equivalent of saying we're for sale. So, um, but yeah, I think it, I mean to me. I, there's like always this like there's a lot of I guess in Twitter when just the nature of it is people are passionate about it and I guess that's why it's good but like to me it's a great end for Twitter right I mean it yeah, built a no, it business be. and it really would fold in nicely to Google I think Google wouldn't would leave it very much the way it is which is kind of what I think the people that are on Twitter really want and it's it really I mean to me it's a win for everybody it's just the fact that Facebook came out and like you know whatever quintupled you know whatever it is that's the only reason only in comparison only when you compare twitter to facebook does twitter look bad i think when you look at compared to like myspace or any other of the many social media platforms out there um it looks great so i think it's a great end I mean, and, and, and then i also also just to highlight i don't know why i was multiplying market cap it's revenue you want to multiply did exactly. i mean, did i mention i've had five helpings that's of barbecue right. that's all right we got you coach oh, we, we took can't it, even count took the it down. yeah i got i got i got five kids to feed i'm know? taking you off the twitter deal you're off you're all right, off. We'll all right. take that off all i'll right. take it from well, i don't understand I mean, how it works anyways these these are syn- I mean, these are synergies beyond my keen doesn't doesn't uh, I, I so I, I didn't bother to read the article <laughs> just just throwing that out there for matt, matt ray matt ray you are on the deal <laughs> but but was there any mention of Microsoft? I mean, that's you know, they, they they bought the LinkedIn deal. They uh, you know they've got a, a natural fit of you know trying to buy properties that have a lot of data that they generate. You know, that's a data set that they can keep away from Google. I mean, you can at least if you're if you're uh, Twitter, you know, get a competitive bid out of them. You know, I mean, it, it seems like you know you don't have to take the first offer. Um, because you know, there's got to be more than one one place that this thing could land. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's only so many like uh, hungry bears that come to this table, right? Like, like, and I, I think there was something published a while ago about uh, the LinkedIn acquisition, and like, and like, in some call, Benioff was like, "Yeah, we looked at that, right?" Like, so <laughs> I think because that, that's that's I'm pretty sure that's how his comments during uh, quarterly calls go, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, and and you know, in my experience, if you've got your uh, your, uh, you know, if we remember the last last time we met the iBankers, bankers, they were smoking L's in the hot tub. I don't think this is that level of stuff, maybe, but you know, you get an iBanker banker at the table, they just go to everyone's party, they get everyone to come and like and contribute <laughs> yeah. to it and pitch them. So you know, here's how here's how Twitter and Oracle make sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, they're like I I had a room full of twenty year olds 
work 72 hours straight to make this spiral-bound printout for you that I'd like to go over with you. You notice I'm not wearing an undershirt? Wouldn't you like to buy Twitter? Like, I, Yeah, so I, I think... Uh, <laughs> there will be. I mean, there's no doubt. Listen, there's a pitch book being created or it's been created. It's being updated. There were the there will be meetings. All the corporate dev people from all of these companies. I'm sure the AOL, Comcast people look at it. I'm sure Microsoft will look at it. I mean, everyone will go to the table. The weekly call will happen. Everything will go like, what's for sale? But I think they can skip all that. Because I guess the, the only way that can happen is if somebody attaches like some strategic value to it that really is not tied to the mm. advertising revenue. So yeah, if Microsoft or really frankly anybody can say like we believe it's going to help us do X and like it's hard for us <laughs> to see X without being in the meeting, um, then yeah, you could that could always happen. But the most if you just go based on like, hey, advertising is done best when advertisers can buy from one or two people and get large audiences. And the only places that could really go then are Facebook and Google. Facebook buying Twitter would certainly trigger antitrust, you know, uh, issues. So they're out and Google's, you know, really left as the second one. And then, yeah, there definitely are other people, but it just seems a lot less likely. Here you go. You, You take your AOL, your Yahoo and your Twitter, and it's the Verizon triple play. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Good. I mean, I guess right? I mean, they did buy, they bought a lot of stuff. I mean, that part <laughs> is true. I mean, then, of course, maybe like everything else in the world is get bought by private equity, and then they'd get in there and fire all the people and, and just be like, hey, we're going to run this as you know, a profitable standalone business for a couple of years and try to sell it off to somebody else. Well, I don't think anybody can pay that strategy tax. That's I know that is that's a massive. That would be even hard, even for the biggest of private equity. That would be a tough one to take on. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it is the Google people. I think that would uh, that would ensure the best stability. Be good to be part of a company yeah, they, that's they, not they, concerned <laughs> about making money. They compare those billion Twitter users <laughs> with the ten thousand Google Plus readers that are left, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and and of course the headlines will write themselves. In in, uh, in Google buys Twitter to make Google plus plus. That that would, that would be uh, that'd be great. We all win. Jokes abound. So speaking of PE stuff, I forgot we only talked about the rumor of this, but uh, but it was it was it was made public that HP was selling. Or, I'm sorry, HPE was selling off its uh, its uh, software division to to to, to Microfocus. Remember those guys? That's good. I do. We do. I'll remember that. Not everybody at once. Yeah. So we've got some other news items we can go over in here. <laughs> What's but no? The bottom line, I did. Did we decipher like what is left? Because it's not the whole. This is the part I was confused about. But upon reading it, I would term this as they're selling what most people refer to all the legacy sort That's software right. portfolio, right? Yeah. And that will be microfocus will you know go in and do the private equity thing there and probably make good money doing it but they are retaining you know, like the cl- some of the clouds like you know i don't know what you would call it. i guess the strategic software portfolio is, yeah, is yeah. that the correct way to I, say that I, I think i think i still haven't found a comprehensive list but i think it's basically like openstack and staccato is is what they keep and that's it Okay. Well, then you said on, I think you made the comment, Cote, which I thought was interesting. I want to ask you about was 
you said, well, this now HP is considered a systems company, which I think is probably true. But then I was like, what do you think? Like, like how do you find systems? Like, what does that mean to you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's because I used to, like, cover IBM a lot, right? And 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 I, I remember the first time I was talking with them. I'll eventually get to an answer. Uh, like, I got sat down with the systems software people. And they, this was back in the era kind of of virtualization management. And they were explaining it to me, and I was kind of like, I don't understand why this is a thing, right? Like, why is this a whole category that you have? Uh, and, and, you know, it was, and why is it in the systems division and not in the software division? And so, to me, like, a systems company is like you sell, you sell some sort of infrastructure, and there might be software around it, but that software really just supports your infrastructure. Like, it's not like, so it's sort of like, if you, if you were thinking of, like, you know, uh, power systems, they run AIX and Linux. And so the AIX and the Linux that's there is like done by the systems people. It's not like the software group sells it. And so similarly, like now that they don't have uh, EDS or whatever they used to call it, services, and, and they don't have software, all they have left is like the servers and some storage, I think. They got a bunch of infrastructure. And then there's some software you need that for that. But it's not like you don't necessarily buy that software very much apart from the the the, uh, the hardware. I mean, you probably could actually with things like Staccato and things like that. But <laughs> the goal is just like, this is just the operating system that runs on our hardware. So therefore, the primary thing you're buying is a system. Just like analogously, like with the iPhone, like the iPhone is like, a, I'm putting this in air quotes, a phone, not a piece of software. Right, like the software is on there, but the phone is the thing that you're buying. So those people make a phone. So then, is the end of this just the natural kind of private equity end? So they've separated out the printer business, which sort of like runs its own private equity kind of model. Because I think they bought some more printer stuff from Samsung, Samsung or somebody yeah. else. So they're consolidating that, which seems like okay, good. Pro- I mean, again, probably no one thinks about it, but I'm sure printers are selling. There's there's printers everywhere. Every time you know, everywhere we go, there's a printer. So that that's seems like that one's running as private equity. You said like kind of the enterprise software has now been sent to private equity via Microfocus, and then you're just left with systems. And is it just we? You just run that business as long as it's profitable and you're getting a premium that you want. You just run it, and if it isn't, then you sell it sell it to a private equity firm or take yourself private like yeah is that the end of that the, like, what's i, I the don't know story i guess for i each? know that's 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 what's unclear and, and i didn't think about it till i sat down to write up some some notes but like i i haven't really seen in in any of the coverage like well what does this mean now <laughs> right like like for example like i was trying to figure out uh well, how much of a cash pool does that give HPE, right? Which is, it's, I don't know how to figure that out easily because there's, there's like it's cash and liquid assets you can get, right? And then, and then you know, they got like $2.5 billion from this plus some weird, so Microfocus is actually like, is like a, a public company that's 40% owned by my favorite uh, company named Ever, Wizard Parent LLC, which is, which is, <laughs> which is like a, uh, it's it's like a conglomeration of like I think Golden Gate like uh, uh, maybe Tom O'Bravo is in there and like everyone except like Blackstone and Silver Lake and Vista are in in this weird wizard parent thing. So it's like forty percent PE owned, but then I guess the rest of it is not. And then and then the way the structure works is HP gets two point five billion dollars cash from Microfocus, and then 
HP now owns 51% of MicroFocus, but it's publicly traded. That like so so sixty percent of it's publicly traded, and then HP owns. I guess I don't know if they own fifty fifty one percent of that sixty percent or half of that sixty percent. If you know what I mean, or whatever. Got it. Got it. So the net net of that is just that that's how the HP shareholders are being right. Paid, and I don't right? know how I got in, in a, that a piece in, of that. Yeah, I don't know how I got in that ditch, but but <laughs> the uh, it gets to the point of like so other than dumping this thing in two point five billion dollars. And some stock and owning 51% of MicroFocus, what is HP's plan like? For example, are they going to make other acquisitions or what? Like what? Well, it, it, it kind of clears the, the place for HP to be a closer partner with Microsoft. I mean, if you mm-hmm. look at, at what Dell, EMC are putting together, you're getting a lot more competitive tension with Microsoft around things like databases and storage and systems, you know, the software offerings that they offer around yeah, you know, yeah. BI. And if Dell just kind of, Dell, if HP gets rid of a lot of that competitive tension, they become, you know, the preferred arms dealer to Microsoft's, you know, existing private enterprise or private cloud offerings. You know, they, they, you know, they, well, I think it makes HP a, a better Microsoft. Partner. No, that's true because there's not they don't they're not really competing to. But yeah, no, that's that's and and I guess maybe it's also like someone's finally putting into experiment. I think uh, maybe we've never identified this, but one of our dreams is like, well, how about a company just shrinks? <laughs> well, right like 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 instead of the pressure to always be growing and screwing things up like maybe you can just become a smaller company by selling off right. things and it's cool and, uh, there's plenty of companies that have you know that are going on four years of layoffs um <laughs> uh you don't always get to choose to shrink on purpose yeah well th- no that's what i mean is like maybe it's just an artful way of, you know someone someone here at the conference they were uh they uh they had a conspiracy theory they 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 said Meg Ryan instead of Meg Whitman, which which was funny. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah, yeah. That's but, a great but, conspiracy theory. But no, but they were they were, what they meant to say was that like, well, maybe maybe Meg Whitman still has political ambitions, so she doesn't want to like lay off a bunch of people. So she's having the the micro focus person lay them off for her, <laughs> right? Which which is like. That's that's some that's some you know having sex with a pig level of conspiracy theory stuff right there. But it's it's yeah. very entertaining. <laughs> I don't well, think I do that's going to be the thing that eliminates her from office. No, no. <laughs> but I, I do think it's an awesome like, and again, five years we can come back and like you know second guess all of this. But it's a great like uh, competition, if you will, or just really just experiment. Like on one hand, you know, Kote, your new home Dell is going the opposite way. I mean, they are mm-hmm. getting very big right they're aggregating more and then on the opposite end is hp who does seem to be like let's call it strategically making itself smaller and at least they from outwardly it seems like they have thought about it and so it'll be very interesting to see like in five years what the shareholder return or however you want to like um judge success of that like what happens because i'll be honest i have no i i would like to say that i have even a guess but it's it's pretty hard to like to like really know what's going to happen there, and there's a smaller example already in that deal with with uh, Susa. You know, they got rolled out of Novell, and now they're getting put into, you know, they're getting a lot more straight Linux business. You know, now that there's no, uh, you know, are you going to show up and sell a bunch of middleware? Yeah. Um, 
So you know, there no, uh, Seuss is listed as the you know the open sta- the OpenStack vendor. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and say they, uh, they, in hindsight, the Novell, like buying Novell by whatever attachment, or the, and then un, if you will, like decoupling it, probably return more value. Oh yeah, I, th- I think, I think that's I, th- I think that's a fact. Like I think when I when I was at four five one, I talked with with Seuss every now and then, and uh, I think I even wrote this up. I should go try to find it, but I think. I think once they desynergized, as it were, uh, <laughs> they, they actually like ascended in revenue and everything was good. And, I, and if I remember, the problem was that they're, um, you know, here's an ace move when you acquire a company. You get rid of all their salespeople. That, that always works out well. <laughs> so uh, when, when Suse once again had like dedicated sales reps, I think that's what caused them to, big shocker, sell more Suse. <laughs> <laughs> And and so I th- yeah no they they are a good example of uh, of of a rise and in, in uh, going small if you will yeah it, I mean obviously I mean we can well all, I think you're we, getting the underlying question that like if you you know some again someone must write a book on it but what is the what size of portfolio of you know in the world of software and, and systems right what size what's the optimal size to salesperson ratio like if it gets too big right salesperson mm. just can't comprehend it and then if it's too small then you only have this one thing and it's just not enough of it to sell so and i think that i mean i would almost like say my entire career is being part of companies that are just trying to figure that out right and i think i've been on yeah, both sides right. like startups that don't have enough and then big companies where it's just like you have to there's so much PowerPoint just to explain what it is you are trying to sell of all the things that like people are just bored by the time you get to like, and yeah. here's what I want to talk to you about today. So I don't know. It's a hard question. No, that's true. There's, there's like, I mean, in, uh, in lean land, you have the, uh, what is it? The, uh, product market fit. And I, and I think, I think one of the, there, there's another, another angle on that, which is the, uh, what you can sell product market fit <laughs> right like it's sort of like <laughs> like like your ability as an organization to go out and get money for it is another thing that you have to discover and figure out your go to market and yeah a lot of i was talking with someone last night and uh they were kind of bitching and moaning about how uh they have a difficult time getting people to buy their their wares and you know i was I was thinking about their company. It's just like, well, that's because your company ha- like has no identity. There's not like a simple way of putting what what you guys do, and and I think it kind of gets to that point of like, it's not only for your customers to consume it, but your 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 reps have to like understand what it does and how to explain it to people and all that. And if you've got a giant port- sprawling portfolio of testing tools and systems management and help desk and all this stuff, it's hard to kind of wrap your head around that and yeah, efficiently sell it all. Vision and if you get too big, I, I mean, I was talking to uh, somebody who knew a, a large software vendor uh, intimately and said, you know, you get teams that there are multiple solutions that can be sold from the same vendor that can compete with each other. Mm, yes, and then you have like you know four different sales teams from the same company hitting up you know one large enterprise and. And, and and actually disparaging their own company's products. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's always good stuff. I like <laughs> not, that. Not not too many companies of that scale, but you know, uh, that that can be a problem at the at the big enterprise. So 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 then swaying back to to ne- next topic in this week in in tech PE as it were. <laughs> although, although in this case it's not PE, but but I also uh, Google bought Apogee. 
which is a big, uh, they used to be a SOA acceleration company, if I remember. And then they, they turned themselves, weren't, weren't they like a, like a XML hardware vendor? It's, they have a weird history, but now they're like, as their name would imply, they uh, do API management, which I don't, I still don't quite understand in practice what that means, but it sounds great. You got to manage your APIs, but it's like 625, 50 million or something, right? And yeah. uh, I think that's, that's one of the, the bigger non corny, or I should say the bigger, bigger enterprise things that Google's bought. I forget how much they paid for Postini way back when, but it's a, uh, that's a, that's, that's a lot of money for something out of the ordinary for them. It's not a, it's not a robot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a weird acquisition. I don't know. I'm the only thing I can figure out. Like the way I've, Apogee, the way it has been explained to me and I've seen it is just people to say, hey, a lot of enterprises have legacy APIs that are just, that they're really dependent on that for whatever reason, as many developers can attest, like they just cannot, they cannot be changed for whatever reason. And that Apogee does solve that problem for them pretty well. So that's kind of this core group of, of customers that, you know, almost use it as the bridge, this bridge they have to have to support some existing services. And I think they're just sort of stuck doing that. And, you know, but I don't like why Google of all companies, right? Like my only guess is just, Hey, we, it's, it's something like an outreach to the enterprise saying, like, we get the problems you're having around APIs and we're going to help you. Bring, we want you to come to the Google Cloud. And one of the reasons you should come over is because, you know, we're just going to support Apogee and like yeah. APIs. And that's going to be yeah, great. But I mean, it just seems like all the engineering cultures, like, gosh, Google just seems like they would just rewrite this entire thing like a million or, different ways. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing about <clears throat> Apogee and other API management tools. I've never understood how they've gotten so big. You know, because it's one of those things that, you know, a a jaded developer would look at it and say, well, it's, you know, you got some, uh, you got some DNS and some load balancing and uh, what's the problem here? You got to throw a little monitoring on there. How is that a $650 million acquisition? And then, you know, but it it says that, uh, you know, this was a Diane Green thing. So clearly it's targeted, you know, at bringing enterprises to, to Google. Yeah, what, what do you what do you got? You got like uh, you got the you like uh, Facebook uses HA proxy, and I'm going to use like uh, Slithering Cucumber to document. What, what's, 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 <laughs> exactly. What's like the a, the API swagger? That's what everyone. You, you get some swagger, some HA proxy, <laughs> and uh, some microservices, and what's the problem? Yeah, I mean, just just like yeah. call, call me at two a.m. when it all breaks, and I won't answer the phone. <laughs> but this one has the whole feel of you know there's the weekly me- meeting. The banker showed up. All the big guys came in to see what was for sale. And this just feels like this was like on the side, big for sale sign, heavy discount, like the fruit. It's like the fruit at the uh, uh, grocery store. It's you know been there for a couple of days. You're like, okay, if you take it home and you eat it right now, you'll be fine. Just you know, fifty percent. Or, or so you wait. I just you, you wait a couple of days and make banana bread out of it. Or make, yeah, or make banana bread. Or so I just it feels this one just has that feel. Like okay, this you know it, it, it's. Uh, inexpensive enough and we want to like really make you know get the list right of enterprise customers that are yeah, well, want to jump start this and that that part makes sense it just i can't imagine this being the outcome yeah that's that's that's, that's sort of i i think i think to pull out one of the threads you had there like my my more or less take on it in in an optimistic way is just like uh yeah it, it gets as you said the list it gets you access to a lot of the same customers you want to talk with and you also get the you also get a marketing and sales force that is not Google and knows how to sell to them, as is established, right, by their success. So they've proven that they can do all of that. And then, uh, and, th- and then there's, to some extent, like, 
this is a little far flung, but it, it does seem like, like with all the uh, large organizations I talk with and all the legacy IT they have to deal with, you know, to use the, the slithering cucumber guy again, right? Like the sort of whiteboarding fantasy is like, I just wrap an API around it. Right, like, <laughs> like, like if, if you, and yeah, they just draw a, a, a blurry cloud and like API. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, you, you know, it's just like I don't know. Did you read the? Did, that it's like, did you read the Martin Fowler piece about the Strangler pattern? You should do that. Exactly. And and it's just like you know, you put that in there, and so like I don't know, that all seems fine. Like we we talked about it a little on, on uh, the last pivotal conversations podcast. You know, I, I I called it the 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 gigantic Strangler problem, you know, play or whatever. But I think, uh, yeah, I. It seems to make sense. I, I think. I think what's what's uh, what's shocking is sort of like it seems rational, which we don't expect from them. Right. Well, also too, yeah. it seems like again another good outcome. Like if you're an employee yeah. at Apogee, I think going over working on Google Google Cloud seems like a great end. I think hopefully the investors got some money there, and Google gets you know like just all the things you said, like a, a foothold in with enterprise customers. So I don't know. Again, like sometimes I think we talk about these things as like negative, but that's, this one again seems like a total win for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about enough about their competitors to see, like, you know, is there going to be, uh, you know, Microsoft picks somebody up and and you know, Amazon picks somebody up, or, but, uh, you know, Amazon's got APIs as a service. Yeah, I think that's I think Amazon's is like we built our own just use you know do what we do and then i think google is sort of like hey we're going to be the kindler gentler you know we're not going to be like amazon come over here so yeah. it's another good reason right as as always the motto of amazon is like i can sell diapers better than you no problem yeah. and, 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 and like and all right diapers.com you win <laughs> uh well also so uh so HashiCorp, they 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 got a lot of funding right now now that's a lot of funding but this is this is where we play our episode of Matt Ray, can you explain to me what's up with that company? <laughs> what do they do? Um, I, I mean, I, I know all the little projects that they have, and yeah, then and, and then projects. and then and then their head their head dude is some sort of like charismatic boy genius. He seems awesome, right? They, they brought in a new CEO. Oh, um, like maybe two three months ago. And then and then what? We don't even have listed the uh, what's the main thing that they used to do that every, the developers loved. It wasn't Vault or Nomad, like the uh, the uh, Vagrant. Aren't they the Vagrant Vagr. people? Yeah, they are. That's what they, they do. Yeah, the, they probably don't like to be called uh, Vagrant. That's what they do. <laughs> but that that's like that's like their their roots, as it were, right? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. So they they they. It's they, like Vagrant. it's like you you meet you meet whatever Cat Stevens calls himself nowadays, and you're like, bro. Little cats in the cradle, all right. To do some Cat Stevens stuff. <laughs> it's like Yusuf. It's Yusuf now. <laughs> no, no, no. Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens. <laughs> yeah. So, so they they've got um, you know, they 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 have a, a bunch of separate projects that um, you know, as they slowly rolled them out over the years, you know, Vagrant to Surf to you know Packer to Console and, and whatnot. Eventually, they they you know presented, hey, we we have a you know a big um, vision of managing all your infrastructure, mm. uh, and and so they're they're trying to sell uh, you know the the package of of you know we will do your end to end DevOps infrastructure, yeah, you know, where we have the tools that developers like, we've got you know this good open source cred, 
and uh, you know pay us for support and Active Directory integration. Oh, uh, Brandon loves that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they have a commercial product uh, called Atlas that oh, yeah. runs on top of all of it. And, you know, it gives uh, – uh, this is where I, I don't know their product, their commercial stuff that well. But, uh, you know, you, you get – I'm sure it has, you know, your UI and dashboard and all that stuff. It's a, and, it's uh, a regular, regular VMware foundation situation. It's got, it is. It's got it all is. this and, stuff and put it, in a, put it in a big bucket and on someone's shoulders. Yeah, and, and they're – you know, they're clear – they're – Putting themselves in the uh, the container, you know, race there of you know we've got a, an integrated tool chain, yeah, you know, all the open source projects. You work them together, and uh, Nomad is their um, container orchestrator. So you know, Kubernetes, okay. Mesosphere, um, Docker Swarm, and Nomad is is kind of the the fourth one that always gets mentioned, um, and. You know, they said somewhere in the press release, they said they had their first uh, seven-figure quarter or year, maybe. Mm. Um, so, you know, they're they're doing something, right? I, I, I don't know how many employees are up to. I think I, I want to say like 60 or 70 is what I heard. Um, so, yeah, I read this, but I read it like two weeks ago. <laughs> once again, once again, you're on the deal team, Matt Ray. You've, you've, <laughs> you're qualified. <laughs> it is a rich, though. It is a, I should say, both rich and, uh, I don't know, a tremendous burden to take on that much venture capital. They have definitely made some promises that uh, yeah. are, are that are so, very big. So and 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 right, they so they announced the the B round at their conference and promptly went from having you know one commercial offering of, of Atlas to having enterprise versions of Nomad and Terraform and Vault. Um, so you know. Clearly, there's going to be some product differentiation there to you know have an upsell to get that 24 million back, um, or you know with the 10x multiplier, of course. I always wondered though, do you think this did did they just find some new people that don't know the whole open source first uh, commercial product and the whole idea of like demand actually people willing to pay versus people actually using it? This feels like this feels like a movie we've seen many times. So. I wish them luck. I mean, I hope it goes well, but it's a lot of money. So, do, do, do yeah. they do they have like closed source stuff they sell, or do they just sell? Yeah, the, yeah, uh, they, okay. they they Atlas is closed source, and I you gotta figure with the you know slapping enterprises on the end of things that means there's some closed source somewhere. Yeah. Well, that well, that's great. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. Uh, you know, I should, I should, uh, I should, I'm even more on the deal team because I didn't read this article at all, Matt Ray. So, <laughs> but like, like ho- hopefully the, there's comments about we're going to spend more money on like uh, marketing and uh, well, some you, product you know, management. You, you know, it probably went down. They, they hold their conference in uh, Napa. So oh. clearly they got some VC out there. They, you know, they like little, the wine, they like wine. the sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like, you guys need a B round so we can be here every year. I, I love, I love, I love our fanciful view of how all this stuff happens. <laughs> just, just hanging out like, like on the on some back porch here in the cicadas and the crickets chirp. You got one of those big brandy snifters with a cigar, and someone just leans over and says, "What do you think about six hundred twenty-five million? And, and then they're just like, "That done. Well, let's go get dinner." And and then, and then like it's it's over. And then, and then your robot waiters come and like feed you some truffles or something. And it's just like I'm sure that's how it all happens. 
So you know, just to, to give you some uh, some color, I'd like I've only I can't say I've ever really been close, but the ones that I actually knew or something was actually happening on acquisition, that the guy was like, it's the most boring thing of all time. We just sit in a room and we in this I swear to God this is what he said. He's like, and we just fax paperwork back and forth. Yeah, and, and I you know and that's and I think they literally I think that is still often the case with end up faxing because security concerns and other stuff. But yeah, like most of the time that's really what it is. Just a couple guys, yeah. just like lawyer. Like an M and A guy working on this model, and then like just like faxing back and forth. So no, I so think, that, I think that's, uh, a, that's a great movie. We should make that movie. Not, not that not <laughs> that I not that I would know anything about this or have been exposed to any of it, but I have heard people tell. Yeah, you do, you meet these teams like the morning after, and they're like, yeah, I've been up all night. We just we had a few phone calls around two a.m. We started yelling at each other, and then we sent another email at four, and then we got the number right, and and then and now we got to go make another presentation. Yeah, no, and then it's like, okay, and now we're waiting on the call. Yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. and then, you know, five hours later, they're like, it's done. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I like the Brandy Snifter view better. That's, uh, that's, yeah. that's how this stuff happens. Uh, yeah. Clearly. So, so like, wait a before we move from the HashiCorp thing, this is just as, as, as free, free consulting for me here. Uh, like, so... My sense is that, like, in any given, like, all this new cloud-native devops whatever world, right, there's, like, a, let's call it a 30 to 40% chance that some HashiCore IP is going to be involved in it, right? Like, you come, you come across any, any organization doing some sort of thing in a new way, right, whatever it is you call that. And uh, it seems like there's a pretty, pretty, pretty good chance they're going to be using at least one thing that they have. Like, is that, mm-hmm. am I making that up or is that like no, I mean, anecdotally so, so accurate? They, they, HashiCorp has got a, a strong, you know, bunch of open source projects, um, you know, and, and uh, because they're open source and Apache licensed, you know, there's people don't worry too much about, well, we'll just embed this in our stuff or we'll reuse this here and there. Um, and, and so I think they've been trying to find ways to monetize that. And, you know, I guess, you know, if they got 24 million, they must've said the right thing to somebody. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe they got with that, uh, that brandy snifter person and he's like, he's poking around, kicking his stuff and like, well, you ever think of selling this stuff? Yes, exactly. I think that's probably what happened. What well, you guys write the code, but have you thought about selling it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What if we just, if we just took the open source? We just get, we just add a couple of features, and we just and we start selling that because we have all these people buying, you know, using the free version. Most most half of them will instantly upgrade. You can just you know, you can almost see the slide. You know, it'll just happen overnight. I mean, this is a this isn't win win. Let's get a VP of marketing, sell a couple of sales guys. They'll all work out. So we all know how the story ends. It always ends the same way. Hmm. Well, <laughs> that's optimistic. <laughs> well, I suppose we ought to wrap up before we uh, do some more top-notch journalism and coverage of what's going on here. <laughs> this isn't journalism. I'm not accredited. Oh, yeah. This, this is, you know, I think uh, that guy John McLaughlin, he died a couple weeks ago. Did you see that? That was too bad. I think, I think that's, that's all we can aspire to, just being a little McLaughlin group. I mean, those people were like journalists, but they were all opinion people. And I think they'd bust out. Those with, guys who yell at each other. And oh, stories. yeah, yeah. And, you know, they'd bust out with a fact here and there. But really, really, it was all about, like, uh, McLaughlin and Buchanan. <laughs> like, there, there's some good clips you can go find where McLaughlin and Buchanan are just, like, 
just going batshit crazy. And I think McLaughlin was actually pretty like, I forget if I'm saying his name right, he's pretty liberal. And so then he would just come up with batshit crazy stuff. He was great. But that's, that's what we need to shoot for. Maybe we can get some uh, underwriting from uh, the uh, Carnegie Corporation or MacArthur <laughs> or something or, or some weird Baltimore family we've never heard of. You got any, you got any connections back home? You can hook us up with. Um, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll get right on that. <laughs> yes. Right on. Just that. start, you know, cold calling the uh, the different foundations. Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, how funny would it be, Carnegie Mellon sponsoring this podcast? That would yeah. be. It's just, it's just, it's just an exchange of theoretic ideas about our ever evolving enterprise infrastructure tech space. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll send you a tote bag. Please give us money. <laughs> And please give us money. Yeah, you get a you get a thumb drive. So uh, <laughs> that's that's your appreciation. Show show off your support by using our thumb drive to transport your deal spreadsheets between laptops. There you go. Well, with that, I just want to have a, a a little note here. Like I did, I did a thorough analysis of the uh, the the views. I know this is speaking of Libsyn versus SoundCloud. This is really in the uh, in the weeds of the depths. The mixed metaphors. I did an analysis of the traffic that my web blog at Cote.io has gotten versus the articles I write in Medium, and I think it's safe to say that that blogging is just over. No one gives a shit, right? Like, <laughs> it just like it pales in contrast. Now, now one could say, well, maybe your blog sucks. So that is that is a valid asterisk to put on there. But like, uh, I think it's it's same same person writing in both venues, and the people people and they read stuff in Medium. Not so much on the blog. I don't. I don't know what to do with that. So, so you can see some thrilling screenshots in the the show notes, and also RSS. That that's not a thing. I, I don't know how that Groover guy sells subscriptions in his RSS feed. That's there's something weird going on there. <laughs> He's selling them to the Knight Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's a, there's a foundation buying them. Like the uh, what? What? Not, it's not Kaiser Sose. It's Kaiser Permanente. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're trying to reach a key demographic through the the the, the Gruber feed. Just sell it to Squarespace. That's where it's at. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 use them. They're, that's not good. Oh, Unless you want a static web page. <laughs> well, there you go. Cross them off. We've now alienated another sponsor <laughs> one by one. Well, hey, hey. You, you you launched the first salvo with your whole stamps.com. I did. That was, I, take, I take full credit for it. That, 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 was, that would have been a rich, you know, I, I understand from that TV show I watch every now and then that stamps are a currency in prison. So, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's something. Did you know that the person who plays the Russian lady is, was played Captain Janeway? I had no idea. Someone pointed that out to me and I'm like, holy shit, that totally is her. That's amazing. She's an actress. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I know you from somewhere? Oh yeah, the teleport, the transporter. That's right. I last saw you. Last saw you in space. Uh, uh, that Chicote guy. What what a card he was. So uh, anyhow, what's your recommendation this week, Brandon? I was going to go with uh, an HBO series. Um, my brother. I'll just quickly uh, say, like, I'm too cheap to buy HBO, but. Uh, I've seen my brother hook me up with a password, and it is like the best thing. I mean, I know it's so wrong, but just getting free video stuff you don't have to pay for is awesome. <laughs> so just, I mean, I just, I just love it. And I just think at the end of the day, 
um, there's just no way if anybody at HBO really cared, like I think they could quickly detect that, uh, you know, um, yeah. that people that are probably not the people that actually pay for the HBO account are actually the ones that are using it. Cause it just, we have streams going, my wife has streams going. So, so why Matt Ray is, you know, down there with this cloaked VPN, I'm just uh, out here uncloaked, just doing it. But I appreciate HBO for not cracking down on this cause it allowed me to watch the night of which is an hbo series actually pretty short it's like eight episodes um i will say this it started a little slow but like i know it's kind of a crime crime drama kind of thing but the middle i thought was uh, especially compelling so if you're looking for like eight hours you're you're uh, looking for something to watch i would i would recommend the night of and then the end i thought was okay well, i won't oversell it but i thought the end tied it up could have been a little bit better but the middle good good five episodes good middle that are real compelling mm. so, you know i i read a uh I, I read, uh, I think her name's like Helen Fitzgerald or something. She has she has some introspective email newsletter she sends out, and she had a write up of like uh, what rewatching Friday Night Lights, and it's very similar. It's like the middle of this series was awful, and then it kind of got better, which mm-hmm. uh, yeah, often happens. D- d- does does the guy end up on the boat at the end? Is he like hey. I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't have told him I don't like the boat? <laughs> Watch it. Some of watch us might it. actually watch this. Sometimes, you know, I, I have a tendency to catch up with, with Brandon's recommendations a good six to nine months later. So, mm. yeah, <laughs> got it. And then I was going to actually, I mean, a question for everyone. Like, I've just finished the, another book on audio on my more recent trip. So, I don't know. I'm look, I mean, maybe one of you are going to recommend it, but like, I'm just looking for some kind of an audio book to listen to. So, if, if you guys or anyone on Twitter wants to just, I don't know, just anything that's interesting, well, listen, I'd appreciate it. I'll, I'll throw that out there, too. It's like I'm, I'm desperate for, uh, for good books. And th- this will allow me to segue to my recommendation. I'm desperate for good books to read. Like the last – I'm not even going to talk about <laughs> the book that you should not read. The equivalent – like in, in, my, in my Kindle library, there is a metaphoricstamps.com, which, which I would be happy to talk to people about offline. Anyways – Anyways, they discover carpets, carpets that are alive. And this is, this is more ponderous than reading about how a whale is a fish for five chapters. It's just, uh, it's just intense. They need to roll that up in a carpet and delete those pages. So, so, so what I'm hearing is you just don't have patience for the nerds. Uh, fucking nerds. Uh, anyways, anyways. Uh, the last, the last good series that I got recommended to me was that Southern Reach series, which was great. So, like, I need some more, like, and then I read the, uh, the, uh, it's not Finnegris's Wake, it's, uh, that Rothman series about the, the three kings and their breaking wind or whatever. And so that's, that's, that's a, that's a good series too. Any, but, but because I'm so desperate, I went back and started rereading H.P. Lovecraft. And I think it's for like, 99 cents you can buy the complete works of hp lovecraft with a link to uh mp3 files of reading them and i think this is finally a collection that's done in chronological order which is always difficult i think i've mentioned before how i tried to buy or i bought the complete works of uh or the complete conan right and it's not in chronological i think it's in chronological order of publishing not what you would want which is chronological order of conan's life right now not a problem with the lovecraft different people you don't need it in time order but I think it's interesting to see chronological order of publishing for Lovecraft stuff to see the ideas evolve and everything, which for Conan, it's just like there's one idea over and over again. Just like he's a brute, he gets a lady, gets some jewels and kills something. Done. <laughs> right. But uh, anyways, it's, it's great. It's good reading. Like uh, I, I read the, the Color of Space. I remember thinking that was really boring when I read it originally. That was a good one. And then you got the, uh, you got the, the Mountains of Madness or the Nameless City. I haven't read the Mountains of Madness, not in the Call of Cthulhu. 
they're all nice, and there's some good commentary over at Tor.com if you search from it. There's two <laughs> modern-day people, and uh, it's good stuff. So that's what I recommend, but I would like to have more recommendations of relaxing, speculative fiction stories. Is that, mm. what, is that what the kids call it? How about, how about historical fiction? Oh, can I read that Captain and Commander? I hear that's pretty good. <laughs> well, so, so my recommendation... Uh, is is not a new one. Um, it's not. I, I did not just read it, but uh, there's a, a book called The Terror uh, by Dan Simmons, who he writes uh, so he writes mostly horror and science fiction, uh, and he's won a bunch of awards. He, like I think he's one of the only people to have won the, the Bram Stoker, which is like the big horror award, and mm-hmm. um, then Hugo and the Nebula, which are you know the sci-fi awards. Uh, but anyway, he's got this book called The Terror, which is uh, historical fiction horror. Oh, um, very nice. But but uh, it's about the story of the HMS Terror and the HMS Erebus, which were these ironclad um, ships that tried to sail the Northwest Passage in like the 1880s. And it's pretty horrific, just the true stuff you know like what it's like to be on a ship in 1880s and below freezing weather for nine months yeah you're Um, like like, blimey governor my finger fell off exactly like oh scurvy again (laughs) um (laughs) and frostbite and uh but anyway they so the, the book's great um it's 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 a good book uh you know, if, if if you don't like your coat day, I won't recommend anymore. <laughs> all right, all right, I'll check that one out. You know, you know what but, I was thinking. Do you remember? Uh, I think the most recent Alien Predator something movie, where like they figure out that like the what's I forget the name of the corporation in Alien in Aliens. But, uh, Whalen Yutani. Yeah, yeah. Like the Whalen Court people discover this this underground thing underneath the uh, the the north the polar ice cap up north there uh-huh. and, and they dig down and it's some it, it turns out if i remember mega spoiler for very important cultural phenomena in our lives uh it turns out like the predators had come and like built some ritualistic temple and they brought the aliens you know because they're they're good sport or something like that i don't know so i guess you're yeah. supposed to, i guess you're supposed to gather that the predators invented the aliens maybe that's never really solved out uh, but that that might yeah, be something it, in the the comics of it, you know, which probably aren't canon, but you know, who cares? Um, it was always that uh, someone had created both the predators and the aliens and let them loose to fight with each other. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, and so and so, you know, sharp-eyed watchers of Predator Two will note that uh, when Danny Glover's in there fighting with the uh, the predator, there's actually an alien skull. Um, right. with all the other prizes. So, they, yeah, they've tied those two. Wow, I'm just nerding out here. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, I wasn't even supposed to be at work today. <laughs> but, but, but also, if you go into IMDb and, and see the ratings of the different Alien movies, they drop an entire point every single movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, the, by the time you get to the one that Cote just recommended, you're down in the force. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's a it's a long hallowed franchise. You got you got William Gibson involved and Winona Ryder at some point. I mean, it's yeah. just it's just uh, I'm, David Fincher and oh, uh, Josh Whedon and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's the well that keeps giving. So the point being, whenever I hear about epic quests through frigid areas, 
I'm I'm always prepared to discover something odd. Just All right. I guess there's also like the thing, right? Like that's another good one. So 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 the terror and the Erebus, uh, they actually did cruises around Antarctica and named the volcanoes there. So cool. there's actually a volcano called Mount Erebus in Antarctica. And then after they got back, they're like, hey, let's go through that Northwest Passage. And spoiler alert, uh, they just found the wrecks of the ships the last like year or two. Ah. And so, you know, that's in the show notes, too. Um, they, f- they found the ships 50 miles from where they thought they were supposed to be. Mm. So Just 50 miles off the mark. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, buried in ice, of course. Yeah. Now, 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 why don't you tell us the other recommendation you have in here, Matt? Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it not only is it one of my favorites, but if you go look at all the other great uh, work this person has done, there's, there's a yeah. treasure trove of it. But this one is the pinnacle. <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate it. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I don't recall where I found it, but um, it's it's uh, a series called Silent Music Videos, where they have removed the soundtrack from various music videos and and added ones without any music. And so uh, the the this one was sent. To, I, I found it, and it was supposedly the best. But yeah, some of the other ones are pretty good too. So uh, the David Bowie Mick Jagger collaboration of Dancing in the Streets with no music is exceptional yeah yeah i i think i think the uh the grimacing and and sounds that david <laughs> bowie does is, is really the choice part that you want to focus on i like the crickets <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when they're oh yeah remember when they're dancing outside that was awesome yeah. <laughs> all right well you know we forgot to do uh our mid-roll midway so let's do our mid-roll at the end how have you you have something right matt ray yeah yeah so um uh, if you happen to be headed off to the Chef Community Summit, um, the the London one is the 12th to the 13th, and the Seattle one, I believe, is the 26th and 27th of October. I've mm. uh, got a discount code of uh, 10%, which will save you like, you know, I don't know, 15 bucks or something. But uh, podcast, and that's the, the, the code, and uh, go. And um, the Community Summits are a great event, uh, but... I think about about 200 people go to the London one, about 300 the Seattle one, and it's an unconference, so you get to hang out with uh, fellow doers of all things chef. Now, how are they going to know it's from this podcast, Matt, right? Or is that to our advantage? They'll just assume it's from this one. They're going to they're gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, pe- pe- people will show up and be like, I thought, I thought in my bag I was going to get a copy of Diaspora because I, I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I, 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 where, where did this Knight Foundation thumb drive come from? <laughs> That's what, exactly. What do I do with this? <laughs> Why does it have a bunch of spreadsheets on it? Uh, well, you know, I don't really have anything legit to, to hustle, but I will tell you, you know, the webinar that I've talked about, I put it, I put it up on Cote.io slash Pivotal, and you can watch it lead gen free. You should check it out. It's uh, There's a good conversation with, with uh, me, and I'll try to never talk of it again. And then also, uh, just self-promotional, my, uh, I, I, I wrote and now has published my uh, register column for September. It's, it's yet another attempt where I, I try to answer the question about doing ROI and don't actually answer it. But I think there's uh, there's some fun uh, writing accomplishments in there. I finally worked in a reference with a link to my favorite scene from Hads, Hands on a Hard Body, so <laughs> so you can uh, you can check that out. I'll, I'll let I don't want to spoil it because it's it's you might need to watch it a few times to get why it's so phenomenal. But it's uh, 
There's only one other best scene in that whole movie, I think, but that's that's one of the best ones. But so you go check that out over at the register. And then if you really want to if you want to see what I put up with, you can put on a big a big level four hazmat suit and go into the comments and see what's going on over there. Maybe maybe you can leave one and, and poke the trolls. <laughs> Sorry, I just clicked on the link to the hands on a hard body. Yeah. Um right. yeah, that, I got, that's I got a good buy. Yeah, you know the, the other best scene though is is the one about the guy trying to practice, uh, and you get a bunch of Snicker bars. So yeah, yeah. My my other favorite one is they're talking to the winner. And he's like, I think you would have to just have come out of the Marine Corps <laughs> to be able to do this. And then immediately it cuts to this other contestant who's like, Well, I just got out of the Marine Corps, and just like, man, just some perfect. So editing. good. So good. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, well. Uh, with that, as always, this has been Software Defined Talk, which you can find at softwaredefinedtalk.com. As mentioned in depth earlier, you can also go to SoundCloud. You go to soundcloud.com slash Cote Industries to see this fine podcast and all the other ones that I do that are equally fine. And uh, you can also you can get the show notes. This is episode 72, right? So you can go to Cote.io slash SDT72 to go uh, see that excellent video clip of people trying to win, win a truck. It's good stuff. <laughs> and with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye.